So happy that I am here right now at this very moment. How are you? I am so glad it's time to. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't heard that from you in a while. So. I know, but I have a drink with me and I'm excited about it. So um, this is like, it's a brand new day. It's a new mm -hmm, day. Mm -hmm. That's great. So what has you so sassy? Um, you mean life or like my beer? <laughs> like, what do you mean? Um, I don't know. It's just been a week. You know, I'm leaving for two weeks on Friday. So it's been really hectic to try to like get all my stuff done. Like I'll still be working while I'm out of town. But, you know, I just kind of like to get as much done before. So that it's just been um, an adventurous time trying to do that. That's a good word. Adventurous. It's an adventure. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. We'll go with that. <laughs> and what has you so frazzled? Life, all of it. Mm -hmm. It's good. Mm -hmm. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I um, injured myself turning a corner too quickly in my own home. I think that is sad. And um, I have not been drinking yet. So, like, <laughs> what does <Wow>. that say? <laughs> I am. That's a good start. We're doing really good so far. Clutzy, <laughs> clutzy. Um, so what are what are you drinking? Okay, so oh, I wait, always talk hold about, on. Welcome wait. to another episode of Case Files with Kat. <laughs> and Ashley. Okay. I just assume no. everyone is who we are by now. I'm sorry, my bad. What um, are you drinking? Welcome. So I talked about it last time. I'm pretty sure I talk about it every time. But I am drinking a Bishop Cider, um, the dark side. So Bishop Cider is from Dallas, um, and I love this can. I've, I've read some of it, but today was the first time I actually read some of the fine print. So it's called The Dark Side. It's a black currant cider. Um, it says, may the tart be with you. But then it's got pew, pew, pew around the edge, <laughs> and then it says tart and menacing. And then it says, give yourself to the dark side, all natural, gluten-free, vegan-friendly, no sugar added, nothing you can't pronounce, only things you want. And then it says, pro tips, drink at light speed with your furry best friend. And then it says, for best results, pour directly into your mouth. So there you go. <laughs> I, I love, love it. And that. And it's purple and black, which are my favorite colors. They happen to be my company's colors. So, yeah, I just, I love it. It's so good, and it's not too tart. Um, I don't like a whole lot of ciders, so, but everyone I've had from them has been so good. So, this is my right. favorite from them. Yeah, so what are you drinking? Awesome. Well, I am drinking, let me see if you can see it. It is Hop oh. Rising Texas Twist Double IPA, Double oh, India so Pale can. Ale. I love IPA cans. I know. it's a, Yours is much better, but this one's pretty badass. Um, so this comes from Squatters, which is out of Austin. Uh, mm. It says, Hop Rising Texas Twist Double IPA, straight out of Austin and brewed fresh using local malt. Our doubled IPA is bigger in Texas at 9.1% ABV. So this is one of the stronger ones. Hop-derived grape and lime citrus characteristics balance a malty backbone um, in a Texas twist that's sure enough that sure enough you could only get in the Lone Star State. So oh, I'm fix so I'm fixing to have a sip. Awesome! I forgot this is twelve fluid ounces of goodness, and mm -hmm. this is six percent alcohol. How much? I don't know what the IBU is. Six percent. Oh, wow. So uh, I've got you beat. Yeah. A little bit. Well, I am telling the story. So, <laughs> so I am telling the story. Well, sure. <laughs> Last time you told the story, I was drinking a vodka drink, and we all know how I that know. went. I know. I was here till 10 <laughs> o'clock talking to you. After party. All right. So, so you give me the question of the week. Okay. So, what um. What the heck? Uh, are you okay? Like, yeah, I just call this string. They, I don't know where it comes from. <laughs> if they made a movie of your life, what uh -oh. type of movie would it be, and which actor or actress would you want to play you? So listen, I don't normally look at the question of the week ahead of time, but I did this week, and <laughs> I had a very hard time with this question. And I was very jealous of some of the answers, people who knew right away. 
who would play them in Hollywood. And, you know, I'm like, who is a brown actress that could play me? <laughs> it did. There aren't Aww. very many. There aren't very many that could, you know, really play that look like me. Um, they don't have to look like you. Well, somewhat, I think. You gotta, like, have somewhere in the yeah, yeah, realm yeah. of possibility. You know, I mean, Reese Witherspoon would not play me. <laughs> that would be great. Okay, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, I get it. Uh, nor Hillary Swank. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so, I I figured it would be some adventurous biopic, like traveling the world, or like you know something. Mm-hmm. I don't know, kind of a a, a mix between. Um, Zach Efron's new show, <laughs> something like just traveling the world, but like super adventurous. Yeah. Um, and Michelle Rodriguez would Ooh, would play yeah. me. Okay. I am not as uh, as buff as she is by any stretch of the imagination, <laughs> but um, I like her. I think she's badass. Yeah. And that's I too choice. am badass. So yes, that's the, yes, that's very we have true. that in common. We have that Amen. in common. <laughs> so what about you? So, um. I knew right away I would want Aubrey Plaza. Um, okay, that makes sense. Uh huh. I love her. You don't have we to even like explain why. Yeah, <laughs> um, and it would just be a comedy of tragic events of some sort. I'm sure she plays really good dry humor, mm-hmm. um, which I think we all know I have. So I love it. So I would a hundred percent. Hope she would play me if there's ever a movie made about me. So it dude, has to be her. I asked Jason, I'm like, who would play me? And he was like, mm-hmm. Selma Hayek. And I was like, is that just because she's Mexican? Like, that's it. That's all you've got. Right. And then he was like, Katie Holmes. And I was like, well, all right. Maybe back way back when in high school, I might have resembled. And then he was like, Latina actresses. It was was just like, there's just no, really, there's nobody. What, Eva Longoria? And she's just too tiny. I mean, too small, too short, too tiny. I'm glad you guys did so much research. We did. We had to. Because it was like, he was like, how about Jessica Alba? And then he got lost in looking at Jessica Alba. (laughs) No, (laughs) kidding. (laughs) I mean... who we both got lost Jason? at looking at oh Jason <laughs> well, hard. Jason Bateman duh obviously duh. I mean Avi <laughs> I mean they they're twins <laughs> um so now that that's done what are you, have you been watching anything new interesting hip we, um, I've been watching the uh, I watched the Umbrella Academy um, on Saturday the entire thing just stayed in bed. Watched the Umbrella oh. Academy season two. Okay. It's amaze balls, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, keeping up with the uh, "I'll Be Gone in the Dark" docu series on HBO, which is fantastic. Well, thanks for asking me what I've been watching. Mm-hmm. Um, I even remember to ask How's you what it you were feel? drinking today. How's it feel? I even remember to ask you what you were drinking. <laughs> um, I also binge watched the new season of Umbrella Academy. But as we all know, I'm like always 10 years behind everyone. And I just discovered Schitt's Creek. I haven't and, watched that either. Oh, my God. It is the funniest show I've ever seen. I want I do want to pick that up. But Jason and I are always like, God, is it too, are we too late? <laughs> there's five seasons on Netflix and a sixth one that was just aired. In, 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 it ended in April. Seriously. The funniest show I've ever seen. Like, every episode just has me laughing. Okay. And I usually get really bored with shows pretty quickly. But every season, it's just, it's, to me, it's just really funny. It's very real. I mean, I guess I can't say realistic because I don't know how really rich people are. But, um, but it's really <laughs> funny. And, like, the interactions they have with people in just this little town they live in. Um, it just reminds me where I used to live growing up. Um, when I was younger. So it's it's funny. I love it. I highly recommend it if you haven't watched it. I will watch it. It's seriously funny. I believe you. I've ever seen. <laughs> I've heard nothing but good things. So what have you got for us today? Okay. So I know last week I said I was going to do a paranormal story based on something a listener submitted. 
But then I was talking to another friend of mine who also listens to the show, and he told me about this story, and I and I started looking into it, and I um, just really got interested in it and really wanted to cover it. So that's what I'm going to do tonight. And then when we come back, when it's my turn again, I will tell the best paranormal story I've ever told to make up for not telling it tonight. Mark a lot of on my shoulders. I words. hope you guys forget about that because that will be like a month from now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> literally. <laughs> right. Quite literally. Cause when we come back, it'll be your turn. Yeah. So, um, right. So I will, uh, do a paranormal story when we come back tonight. I'm going to talk about the Farmville murders have you ever heard about those? No. So I had never heard of Farmville outside of the game on your phone. So this was interesting to me. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm quite addicted to the game, actually. Um, the, Wasn't that like farm- on Friendster? What is that? <laughs> it, it was like on Facebook, I think, oh. a long time ago. <laughs> My, I think it was MySpace? called Farmville. MySpace, MySpace is mentioned in this story. Oh, so I'm going to have to explain goodness. to the young people what right. um, MySpace is when we get there. Anyways... So the Farmville murders occurred in Farmville, Virginia in September of 2009. Farmville is described as a sleepy little town. It's like 65 miles west of Richmond, Virginia. It's um, in a lot of the things I read, it was described as a town where nothing ever happens until something did. Right. Um, In September 2009, the town became the site of four brutal brutal murders of a local college professor, a local church minister, and two teenage girls. What? The local police were just baffled. Residents were horrified. Like, this is just not something that happens in their town. It's a very quiet town. Um, It's just very unexpected. Uh, the, the Farmville murders were described as ferocious, which I've never heard a murder described as wow. ferocious before. Um, officials at the crime scene referred to the setting as that of a slaughterhouse. Oh, my goodness. The press began calling this. Um, okay, so I'm going to use the term horrorcore a lot, and I'm going to explain what that is in a little bit. But they began referring to it as the horror core murders or horror, the juggalo murders. Horror. horror core. Like horror core murders. C-O-R-E? Yes. Horror. horror like H-O-R-R-O-R. Horror, horror okay. murders. Okay. Or the juggalo murders. So um, if you don't know what juggalos are, it's like the people that follow like Insane Clown Posse and other musical acts like that. The four murdered were Mark Niederbrook, Deborah Kelly. Um, they were married. Well, they were they were in the process of getting a divorce, but they were married. Um, Emma, who was their daughter, and her friend Melanie Wells. So um, Emma shared this. Re- she had this online relationship with a guy named Richard uh, McCrowski. They had never met before. It was strictly online at this point. Um, he was a troubled, aspiring rapper. Good start. Oh, my. Um, So together, Emma, Richard, Emma's parents, and Melanie's were going to all attend a horrorcore concert uh, the week before these murders happened. So her parents weren't actually... Wait, wait, can I ask a question again? Horrorcore is Mm -hmm. like the kind... People who go to a specific kind of music concert? I'm in a very few sentences... I will describe. Okay, thank you. Um, I just wanted to give a little bit of background before we get there. Sure, thanks. So, um, so they were going to attend this concert. Like, it was a big plan. Melanie had to come in from West Virginia. Um, Richard was coming in from California. So, um, anyway, so Emma was really into this this horrorcore scene. She went by the nickname Ragdoll online. Um, she got real involved in it. Like, she just felt like a loner where she was from. It's it's how she met Melanie. Um, Emma was in, introduced to Melanie by one of the horrorcore rappers. And I'm going to fuck this name up, even though I said it a million times before this story. Razakil? 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 Anyway, she's like a really big You just said it rapper. three times all the same way. But okay. Whatever. Razakil? <laughs> okay. She was a big, she's big in the scene. Um, and Richard went by Sicko Sam. 
So I'm going to explain what horrorcore is because I feel like you guys are all missing out on this little hidden gem. I, I already know I am. I'm like <laughs> yes. fascinated already. Your whole life is about to change. So just prepare yourselves. <sighs> right, right. You're just whole new life. Horrorcore is a subgenre of hip-hop music based on horror-themed and often darkly transgressive lyrical content and imagery. Its origins derived from certain hardcore hip-hop and gangster rap artists, which began to incorporate uh, supernatural, occult, or psychological horror themes into their lyrics. Unlike most hardcore hip-hop and gangster rap artists, Horrorcore artists often push the violent content and imagery in their lyrics behind the realm of realistic urban violence to the point where the violent lyrics become gruesome, ghoulish, unsettling, or slasher film-esque. I feel like I've just... Oh, it gets so much better. Oh my gosh. Um, I don't even know really... (laughs) Right. There, I Chloe, also know that just, there are people listening going, how do you not know what horror core is? Right. They're probably okay. like jamming it in the background. right now. <laughs> um, While exaggerated violence and the supernatural portrayals of mental illness and drug. Oh, oh, excuse me. While exaggerated violence and the supernatural are common in horror core, the genre also frequently presents more realistic yet still disturbing portrayals of mental illness and drug abuse. Some horrorcore artists um, choose like supernatural themes or exaggerated violence in favor of more subtle and dark psychological horror imagery and lyrics. This, the genre itself, shockingly enough, has incited a lot of controversy. I know. What? So um, members of the law enforcement community, they, ha- they feel like this kind of music um, incites crime, uh, encourages fans and artists um, to like participate in criminal activity. It says that they have been blamed for numerous high profile mass murders. So, um, for example, Columbine was, they blamed them listening to horrorcore. Um, the Red Lake High School Massacre. So if you haven't heard about that high school, it was on an Indian reservation and the kid like killed his grandparents. Then he went to the school and like shot 13 other people. Um, and when they started investigating him, it was found that his favorite type of music was horrorcore and his favorite song was about a school shooting. So basically he lived out the lyrics to this song. So, um, and then of course this, the murders I'm going to talk about today several murders of law enforcement officers and just general gang activity across the United States. So that is horror core. I am glad I could open your eyes to that. Um, uh, um, wow. I, I think, you know what? I could like live my whole life and not know that. <laughs> I think I would be, I think I'm, but now I know. And I guess it's good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, all of these people were attending a horrorcore concert a week before the murders. So I feel like this is the kind of music that like Anderson would be really into right now because he's really in, he doesn't know it yet um, because he's so fascinated with like really, (laughs) he's five. He's like really like very scary. He, he wants to draw it all. And so he thinks Mm -hmm. like, drawing um pennywise or drawing <laughs> um granny did you look up granny this game i unfortunately did not because um don't i mean gr- there's granny me and there's it. there's freddy there's I've all seen freddy with like a bear which he draws yeah. really really well <laughs> i mean yeah. i don't I, like he's where is he finding all of this and it's like this, core music so this youtube channel that just devolves into all these things and he's like did you know um and and yeah so i i he's fascinated by all of these like horror Mm. images it doesn't scare him but i could be raising a serial killer is what you're telling me maybe he should be our host from now on like (laughs) a third host um okay so emma's parents didn't go to the concert with them but um Basically, 
Yeah, basically, the way that um, it was described is that her their parents were divorcing, um, and so they knew that she was going through a hard time, and they knew that if they didn't agree to this, to like take her to the concert and to pick up her boyfriend from the airport and to let her boyfriend stay with them for a week, that she would probably do some kind of teenage rebellion shit. And so like they thought it would be safer to say, okay, you can do this, but we're going to take you there. We're going to stay at the hotel with you. We're going to drive you home. They thought they'd be able to protect her better and keep her from, you know, acting out and doing something they didn't know she was going to do and her getting into trouble. Now, Melanie, Melanie, the friend, was 18, so she technically didn't need her mom to say it was okay. Um, But anyway, so Emma's parents, uh, Melanie got to West Virginia, went from West Virginia to Farmville. They all went to the airport and picked up Richard, which was the boyfriend. um, And then they drove to the concert. So what began to cause suspicion um, about everything was that Melanie's mother could not locate her daughter. She tried calling her, texting her. She couldn't hear from her, which was very unusual for Melanie. Uh, Melanie uh was very... Melanie lived with her and um, she was very good about checking in. So when she when she didn't respond, Melanie's mother alerted the police. Um, but the murders still weren't really discovered because the police kept telling her, well, she's 18. We can't really do anything about it. She's not a minor. Um, so I feel like if they had just but gone, a mama knows. Yeah, I feel like if they had just gone when her mother, you know, called the first time, yep. it wouldn't have been so long. This wouldn't have been so drawn out. So anyways, um, like I said, days before the killing, they were at this concert. It was called the Strictly for the Wicked Festival. Prince Yikes. Edward. Yeah. Prince Edward County Commonwealth's attorney. God, it's a mouthful. I know. Um, <laughs> James Ennis said that McCrosky, which was the boyfriend... His anger over his failing relationship with Emma led to the killings. Ennis says that McCrowski was angered by text messages that Emma was sending to other people while they were in Michigan, which is where the concert was. Um, They returned to Virginia and McCrowski became increasingly just like upset about the relationship. Is this the one that Um, had like the weird name? Like his his, mm-hmm. his 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 online name is Sicko Sam. Sicko Sam. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I thought and I Emma was. went by Ragdoll. Right. Um. So he just had this expectation that he and Emma were going to be seeing each other exclusively, and he was just very unhappy unhappy with how this trip was going. This was the first time they met each other. They were supposed to go to this concert together. You know, they were supposed to be so in love, and she was just not. Um, returning his feelings once they met. So he was just really upset about how this was going. So he found himself stuck in this house in a place he's never been with this girl that's rejecting him, her friend that she's been talking shit to, and like her mother. And he still had a couple of days before he was going to fly home to California. So like um, he had flown from California. The, The deal was he would stay there for a whole week. So anyways, um, in the early mornings of September 15th, he violently killed Melanie first, Emma and Deborah in their sleep. So in my research, there was conflicting reports. Some say he used a sledgehammer and some say he used an, some say he used an ax. Either way, he violently killed them in their sleep with a sledgehammer and or ax. There was no even, like, lead-up to, like, uh, I don't know. I mean, like, that escalated quickly. We mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. meet, and yeah. I reject you, so you kill me. This is not so even the craziest part. <laughs> yeah, this isn't even the craziest part of this story. Um, so he kills them with an axe. He remained with the corpses for two to three days. Uh, most people say three days. Um, at one point, Alex, who was Melanie's brother. Yeah. Um, and mind you, this whole time, 
I will go into it more, but multiple people come to the house and he answers the door and talks to him, answers the phone. No one bothers to be like, what's up with this? So Alex, who is Melanie's brother, called the house because they were obviously increasingly getting more worried about Melanie. Richard answers the phone, a.k.a. Sicko Sam. Uh, He answers the phone and he tells them, oh, the girls are fine. Um, They all went to dinner, but their car broke down and he didn't know when they would return. Um, Melanie's mother was like, "Okay, but why isn't she answering her phone just because the car broke down? So she calls the cops again. But the cops again tell her Melanie's 18. There's nothing we can do about it. Like she's not a runaway. You know, she went to visit a friend. They're probably just out. So Melanie's mom at that point calls Jerry, which is Melanie's father. He immediately drives 200 miles to Deborah's house. Deborah is Emma's mom. He knocks on the door. um, No one answers. He's kind of like walking around the house. And he gets approached by this man who claims to be a neighbor. And he's like, oh, yeah, um, I saw the I saw the women leave earlier. They you know, they're, they went to town or whatever, but they should be back shortly. So um, instead of hanging out to see if that's true after driving 200 miles, he's like reassured by this. And he just gets back in his car and goes to West Virginia. Oh, my God. The plot twist. The neighbor was Richard. Um, Shocker. I know. So um, there's a lot of weird things Hold about on. this story. Like, Kevin, if I drive right. 200 miles to check on my daughter who's been missing and not answering text messages, I'm not going to take some random person's word for it. I'm going to hang out until they show back up. But um, to each their own, he leaves. He goes back to West Virginia. The next day, Melanie's mom calls the house again and Richard answers again, but this time he has a different story. He says the girls aren't home this time because they've gone to see Emma's dad, who also lives in Farmville. So Melanie's mom then calls Mark, which is the father, and tells him, hey, I've been trying to reach the girls. I haven't been able to reach them. I called the house, and Richard answered, and he says the girls are at your house. Well, Mark is like, I haven't seen them since the concert. So he starts freaking out. And so he gets in his car. He drives to the house. He enters the house because he has, you know, a key. Um, Oh, my God. So McCroskey confronts him. Oh, my God. It's not clear if there was an exchange of words or what. But it is known that Mark tried to defend himself against the blows of the axe. It said the attack was so bad that the hardwood flooring beneath him was extremely damaged. It was soaked through with blood. Um, McCroskey attempted to clean up the area, and then he moved Mark and Melanie's bodies all into Emma's room. Um, So all the bodies were um, in Emma's room at this point. And how many days between Melanie and Mark? So he killed Deborah, Emma, and Melanie on the first night, and I think this was the second night. Second or third night. Okay. He didn't really specify. Um, so at some point after killing Mark, he records himself on a digital camera. Oh my in gosh. which he, he says he knew he had to pay for what he had done and was contemplating suicide. But he doesn't commit suicide. And the night that Mark shows up, Richard calls, picks up a phone and calls Melanie's mother. Um, And says he hasn't seen Mark and tells her he has been hearing voices and someone moving around the Farmville house, which is Deborah's house. Um, And he claimed he had heard noises in the basement and he was very scared and asked her what he should do. Melanie's mom says, well, you should call the police. He does call the police. The police show up at the house. The police check the motherfucking basement and then leave the house. Wait, I thought you said it was soaked through and there was damage done. I don't and- know. I don't know. I don't know. The police show up. They check the basement to see what's going on. They don't they ask him where the owner. They should be fired. They, they don't should- ask him, who owns this house? Why are you here? They don't ask about the possible blood on the floor or like, I would think the bodies would start smelling by this point. 
They don't ask like, hey, isn't this the house that the mother has been calling about 1,500 times? They just, um, according to the, sh the show I watched, they just kind of check the basement and then turn around and leave. And that was that. So, um, how not to be a cop. Oh, the police officer. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, did so, he lose his job? All of those people because, oh my gosh. The first time the police, so I think the first time or the second time she called the cops, they showed up to the house and, um, he, he actually answered the door and he's like, yeah, they're out. So they just left. And told her there's nothing they could do because she was 18. So either way, the police had been there at least once after the murders and didn't do anything. But how do you go, like, how do you not say, well, who, do you live here? Who right. are you? Can I see some so ID? Then, so there's more great police work later on in the story. Um, so they leave. Uh, nothing happens. So that horrorcore artist I talked about earlier, Razakel, um, she was really involved with the girls. Like, she's the one that introduced them. Like, she talked with them at the concert. Mm. So Melanie's mother contacts her, asking if maybe the girls told her anything. Like, did they go somewhere? Did they run away? Like, what's going on? And so Razakel is, like, um, trying to contact people in the scene to see if, like, maybe they heard, heard anything, to see what's wow. happening. And while on the phone with Melanie's mother, Razakel's boyfriend was like, you need to hang up. Um, you need to hang up. So she hangs up and he tells Razakel, I just talked to one of Richard's friends. He said that Richard called him and confessed to killing all four girls. Oh, my gosh. Razakel nope. drops to the floor. Oh, my She's gosh. So the boyfriend is, she's like, you have to call the mom. You have, you have to call the mom. So Melanie's mother finds out from Razakel's boyfriend that her daughter's been murdered. Um, just as a side note, sometimes articles and podcasts in the show refer to Richard as his name, Sicko Sam. Some just refer to him as Sam. Some refer to him as Richard. It's all the same person. Um, so anyways, you know, they get this call from his friend Sam uh, or from Sam's friend and something wasn't right. He confessed to all four murders. Like I said, they, Razakel and her boyfriend are the ones that informed Melanie's mother. Um, it was at this point that the police finally listened to Melanie's phone call, Melanie's mom's phone call and went to the house. And that's when they discovered the bodies and described it as a slaughterhouse. So, what was he doing in there all that time? Who fucking knows? Watching TV, binging on Netflix, <laughs> rapping, making horrorcore Rap music videos, rapping. So I'm gonna talk a little bit <laughs> about yeah um, about the relationship, kind of like his background, the trial, um, that kind of stuff. So a lot of people argue that Emma's parents, if they hadn't been so tolerant of this lifestyle and hadn't let her boyfriend come visit and hadn't taken them to the concert, that, you know, maybe this wouldn't have happened. But both of them were very open-minded people. They were very tolerant. And they knew that young people kind of tend to dabble and experiment. experiment and they just thought it would be safer if, like, they were there and they were tolerant of it versus telling her no because they knew as soon as they said no, you can't see that boy. Like, that would automatically make her want to see him more. Um, I'm not You should gonna... do the opposite. You should be like, I love him. You should marry right. him. Let's plan the wedding right now. <laughs> I, um, for one, I'm not going to blame the parents. No, because, again, no. a teenager's going to do what a teenager wants to do. Exactly. Um, and Melanie was 18, so she really could have made her own decisions because she was an adult. So, but a lot of people do blame the parents no, and say that, you can't. that, no, that he Emma's didn't. parents never should have done that. No, 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 um, no, no. That man is to blame. You blame yeah. that, that sicko Sam. So when Emma and Richard, um, they had made plans to meet for the first time at this horrorcore concert, 
Um, you know, her parents really did initially not want to do it. But then again, for all the reasons already mentioned, they agreed to it. Right. Um, they were kind of in the final stages of divorcing, but they came together for this one event. And they just thought that, oh. you know, it was this one one time thing. It would be all right. Like their daughter wasn't really fitting in where they lived. So they just yeah. thought it would be nice for her to see some friends. That breaks so, my heart. Yeah, so he flies to Virginia uh, from California. Um, like I said, Melanie comes from West Virginia. And, of course, it all sounded like a great plan. Um, but when Emma and Richard meet for the first time, the sparks just did not fly. Mm. Um, at first, they were both, like, really giddy. You know, like, when you first start meeting someone or you're still kind of in love, you're all giddy and excited um they were real happy to be meeting for this one but like right away i mean like right away uh richard was very open heart on his sleeve very vulnerable very needy um he was basically telling her that it wouldn't matter what she looked like or talked like that he was some he was just smitten with her um this was not the case for emma she immediately pulled back and um kind of became a like distant right after they met she had confided in melanie that richard was not nearly as cool as she thought and as tough as she thought he would be like she felt he betrayed himself portrayed himself online as like this really tough guy he this horror, killed horror a lot of people um but he and killed she just, a lot of people i think it's pretty yeah. tough um and then she said she didn't seem to find him as attractive as she expected um, I guess they didn't have digital photos in 2009. I feel like they did. But um, she said he wasn't as attractive. And so this rejection just like really hurt him because he had felt like she was the one for him. Like she was the only one that got him. Oh, my gosh. Um, and she, he thought they were exclusive. And so he just built up this this unrealistic expectation. Unrealistic, Yeah. He was so needy right away, and now he was stuck a long way from home with these two girls who were giggling and talking shit about him in the car ride to the concert. They hadn't even made it to the concert yet when they were talking shit about him. So I'm not justifying what he did. I'm just saying they did not help their cause. But be nicer, people. Be kind. I'm just saying, be kind. If, you, if you're dating a man who says he's into horrorcore... And he flies from halfway across the country to hang out with you for a week. Maybe just wait until after he leaves to be an asshole. Well, just be kind, people. Like, uh, I don't Talk know. shit across the concert. Not be, next to him in a yeah, car. <laughs> like, go to the bathroom, talk your shit, right. and then go back and just um, be a nice person okay. because he's there for a week. So, again, can't really victim blame. She didn't ask to be killed. No, she didn't. But still, I'm just saying be kind in Her general. Her behavior didn't help. Um, they were giggling about him. They were taunting him. Um, there were rooms. So at the motel that they stayed at after the show, that's where like all the artists from the festival stay at. And like they have after parties and they all hang out. And like at the after party, she wasn't really talking to him. When he would come up, she would talk shit about him to like the artist or whatever. Oy vey. Um, there was a rumor and one of the things I read that she slept with one of the horrorcore performers at this one of the after parties, Ooh, but girl. I only saw that one place. So I don't know if that's really true. Um, she was was flirting with other people and she was actively avoiding him. He mostly stood to the side all night, very quiet. Um, you know, so she really had invited him to fly across the country and stay with her in a place he knew no one and just kind of tossed him to the side. Like, she wouldn't even acknowledge him at the concert. She acted like she didn't know who he was. Mm. And he was there for her. Only for her. Um, Not victim blaming, but yeah. she was kind of being an asshole. Um, <laughs> Richard, so Richard McCraskey was born on December 26, 1988. He was a graphic designer and amateur horrorcore rapper. Um, he, he had been living with his father, his mother, and 21-year-old sister in Castro Valley, uh, which is in California. In high school, he was teased a lot and bullied because uh, he, he was kind of a bigger kid and he had red hair. Um, neighbors described him as a loner. His sister 
described him as a mild manner and kind person who never fought back or defended himself unless absolutely provoked. Ooh. His MySpace, okay. So, for all you young people, MySpace was what was before <laughs> Facebook when we had the top eight friends and we all thought about who was in the top eight. Top eight, eight that's right. And, and it was after um, friend. It was after Friendster. Yes, and so it was a very um, dark time. Um, yeah, we could have <laughs> music though on our page. Yes. Yeah, and you yeah. have wallpaper, which took mm-hmm. a long time to load, totally. and to, 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 took to forever. And but yeah, you could pick your top eight friends. But who was always the first one? Jack. Oh. Uh, what was his Tom? name? Tom. Tom. So Tom, Tom is, was yeah. always like your first friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So his MySpace page featured a lot of images of him in like graveyards and posing with tombstones and like, you know, just really random places. And um, he had a bunch of songs that he wrote that had very violent lyrics. It this his song lyrics um, included mutilation, death, Ugh. the thrill of murder. Yeesh. Who knew any of this was coming? <laughs> um, he attended one high school that he dropped out of and started attending another one, but then dropped out of that as well. So five months prior to the murders, he became really devastated because his father had kicked his mother out of the house. Oh. Um, so like this trip to see Emma was like his shining light. You know what I mean? He, like his, he had dropped out of high school. Absolutely. Um, his mother had just been kicked out of the house. Oh. Like, he had nothing going for him. Emma was, like, his love. Like, they had been dating online for a year. They had spoken daily on the phone. They had just sent tons of messages to no each other. No pictures? They were, te- they were telling... Well, he had pictures on MySpace. Like, I've seen a ton of his pictures. Um, you know, they had been telling each other. They loved each other. Like Razak Hell recalls, like, Emma... Being in, saying that she was like really in love with him and all this kind of stuff. So prior to the meeting, Emma was giving him the impression that she was in fact in love with him. Wow. Um, but he did also appear to live in something of an online fantasy world. Um, you know, he could project himself as this mean, tough rap artist. He clearly sought to present himself as like the strong, confident, in control sort of guy. Um, when in reality, he was very soft-spoken. He was very wow. mild-mannered. Like, he was very open about his feelings towards Emma. Oh. Like, he truly felt Emma was his saving grace. Oh. Um, I'm, so. He killed them. And I'm, I, I think I just feel empathy for that kind of feeling of feeling alone. And... Thinking so you rejected. have that one person. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he was rejected, but um, that wasn't enough to kill to kill a bunch of people. Um, he obviously had some other issues, underlying right. issues going on, and mm-hmm. that was probably just a tipping point. But the... Um, that, that feeling of just being alone and not mm-hmm. having any... That's, that's yeah. just very devastating. Um, so... He still has, there are still some of his uh, musical efforts, we'll call them, online today. You can find them on YouTube if you really want no, to search for them. Mm-mm. Yeah. No, um, but it, a lot of uh, psychologists say or it's a reminder of how an online persona can prove to be very fake and dangerous and disastrous because you kind of get lost in your fantasy world and you forget the reality of things. Um. So, I think it's safe to say there was kind of something wrong with all three of the kids. Like, they were all really into horrorcore. They all felt really alone. Like, they only connected with people online. They were very um, drawn to themselves. Like, they just didn't really interact with anyone. So, you know, obviously they were all going through something. Um, which unfortunately led to this just disastrous combination angst. Yeah. So these were, these were some of the reports by witnesses. Um, after the murders happened, witnesses that saw Richard. So there was a, so, um, let me back up. So let me tell this part first. (laughs) When Melanie's like, um, 
When Melanie's mom finally got a hold of two of the officers, this was um, what I was talking about earlier. The cops show up to the house. He opens the door and reassures the officers that the three women went out to the movies. The police bought the stories and left. Um, that's when Mark showed up shortly after. He kills Mark. He does all that shit I talked about earlier where he hides the bodies, has the police come look at the basement. But then he steals um, Mark's car, which was a Honda. Not that it matters, but it was a Honda. Within minutes of taking the car, Richard wrecks the car. The police show up to file a report, unaware of the murders. But here's the thing. They don't question Mark on why he's driving someone else's vehicle. Oh my God, those, all of those police need to be fired. They don't hold him. And, <laughs> all of them. Like, they don't arrest him. They don't give him a drug test. They don't... Um, and I say that they don't give him a drug test because he claims later on that he took a bunch of pills and got really high on weed uh, before he committed these murders. They don't drug test him. They don't arrest him. They don't ask why he's driving someone else's car. They don't call Mark to see if he had permission to be driving the car. That's called they white privilege. Sorry. They don't <laughs> ask why he has a California driver's license. Oh, but my he's God. In Virginia driving someone else's car. So they let him go. He is released and he gets a ride with a tow truck driver for a little while. And then oh gets my gosh, a, um, a taxi. So the taxi, this is what the taxi driver has to say. He said he probably would not have picked up Richard and agreed to take him in the airport if he knew what was coming. Um, he said to put it bluntly, there was a horrendous odor coming from McCroskey's, McCroskey's body. Nope. He described the odor as foul, and he said he had to drive with the windows down to keep himself from gagging. Oh, um, others uh, nope. who encountered him during his escape attempt expressed similar sentiments, including a statement that the odor was akin to that of rotting flesh. Apparently, Hello. <laughs> apparently, but my thing is like, if all of this I'm is so true, frustrated by this story. I'm if so all of this was true. Why the fuck didn't the police, when he wrecked the car, say, hey, why are you covered in blood and smell like rotting dead bodies? Anyways, um, the killer had neither bathed nor changed his clothes since the first night of killings. So I think this was like three total days. Um, his clothes were described as caked in gore. Um, yeah. So, what? on the way what? to the airport, still in the taxi. Hold on, Kevin. This is crazy. Is he caked mm -hmm. in gore and the police pull him over and they're just he like, oh, so with the car that he doesn't own mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. after wrecking it or whatever, like, what the? Oh, mm -hmm. God. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm so frustrated so, by this story. <laughs> on so the way to the story. airport, the taxi driver... Okay, so it's about an hour-long drive from where the taxi pick, driver picked him up to the airport. The um, <laughs> driver... <laughs> the driver said McCroskey spoke calmly and never raised any suspicion that he had committed murders. Except that he was caked um, in gore and mm -hmm. smelled like flesh. <laughs> Um, the driver said that McCrossy told him Emma became angry with him when she caught him going through her phone and accused him of invading her privacy. And he claimed he just didn't want to argue with her anymore and just wanted to go home. Um, he said they continued to the airport. And once there, McCrossy, um, hid in the baggage claim area because his flight was not supposed to depart until the next day and he couldn't afford to change flights. Which was just enough time for the police to find <gasps> the murdered bodies, decide it was Richard. I'm surprised they thought he was a suspect. Um, and then go to the airport and find him. So when they found him. Mother he was, of God. He was in, he was in, um, charged on six charges of first degree murder. So the two extra charges were due to the intense brutality involved in the murders. Holy like, shit. I've These, never heard that before. 
I hadn't either, and I wish I hadn't done a Google search. Um, he, like, violently bashed their heads in with these axes. Like, there was blood everywhere. There was pieces everywhere. It was disgusting. And like I said, they described it as a slaughterhouse. Like, just everywhere. Um, Kevin's police, getting a lot of airtime tonight. Yeah. Um, the police and other law enforcement officials were able to learn a good deal about the suspect because he had a very active online life. Like I said, through MySpace and these other communities, these other horrorcore communities. Friendster, Napster. Like, yeah, he, he often rambled about life, death, murder, like all that kind of shit. Um, again, Didn't see that coming. Psycho- Didn't see yeah, it coming. He went by Psycho Sam, so who sicko, knew he could sicko. be a murderer? Psycho Sam, yes. I don't know why I said Psycho. Psycho Sam. So, yeah. So there were a lot of YouTube videos of him. He raps about having killed many times and how much he enjoyed it. The town of Farmville in which he was arrested was not um, meant to hold someone like him. So they were very unprepared in providing a type of security that, which was required to house what they describe as a brutal mass murderer. So they had to bring in a special cell um, it was placed where those coming in and out of the facility could view their new, as they described, special inmate. First of all, what is a special cell? I couldn't find a picture of it, but they brought it in and that's where he was. So he does not kill himself or anything else like many people do in prison. He was 21 at this time. He was charged with two counts of first degree murder and two counts of capital murder he pleaded guilty to all four charges, taking a plea bargain. So originally they were going to sentence him what? to death. Yeah, they were originally going to sentence him to death. But in the plea bargain, he was given life in prison instead. So on September 20th, 2010, he was sentenced to life in prison. And he's still currently With, with no possibility prison. of parole. Right, right. Um, his family did not come to any of his trials. Oh my God, I don't know that did I would not. either. And, and like I said, in every picture since he's been arrested, every picture, he's smiling, like he's in hand, like he's, there's no remorse on his face. He's not sad. He doesn't look sorry. He is like grinning from ear to ear in every picture that I have seen of him after being arrested. Like when he's on his MySpace shit, he's got like kind of really sad and depressed and like all this shit. But in all of his photos after the murders, just smiles, all smiles. Girl. What? Um, nope. Mm-hmm. Nope. Wait till you hear the last statement I have to make. It's coming. Oh um, my God. I can't even. Th- so this story <laughs> was on um, a show I've mentioned before called Web of Lies, where it's like usually the episodes involve um, some kind of crazy murder or crime that happened based on things that started online. So their relationship started online. Um, it was the focus of episode six of season one. And it does a really, really, really good job of depicting what happened during the concert itself and like at the motel. Um, it just kind of shows what the scene itself was like. And um, I left out a bunch of stuff involving like Emma's communications with Razakel because it just didn't really have to do with the murders itself. But it's really worth watching it if you're interested in these in this case. Um, you can watch it on the IDs channel's website for free um it talks about the correspondence with emma it talks about how razakel introduced her to melanie how involved razakel was like what her and her boyfriend did to try to help find out what happened to the girls wow um it it shows like you know the timeline it shows the jerry's showing up then it shows the mark showing up and the police showing up so it does a good job of depicting um you know, the general idea, it does leave out a lot of details about right. like, yeah, like that I've gone through. But it is good if you want to want to learn more about it in detail about that kind of stuff or you want to see a visual representation. Yeah. That's really good. So since being in prison, you're going to love this. Um, I bet I'm not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Since being in prison, three of Richard's letters written in 2011 were sold to the murderabilia crime collector site called Serial Killer Inc., um, so in exchange for these letters, he requested that Serial Killer Inc. send him pictures of his victims. So it's really fucked up. 
A, that he asked for pictures of Emma and Melanie and her parents. What? And that they sent them to him in the fucking what? jail. Let him keep them. He requested photos. So he gets the photos. He sends the letter. So for all of you cool cats out there who are super interested in Richard and Sicko Sam and his letters. Y'all they are now go. being No. They are now being sold on a site called Dark Vomit. You heard that correctly. Dark Vomit. Gross. They have an Whoa. autographed photo for a whopping $25. So there you go. Um, yeah. I did not look up Dark Vomit. So if you do, I cannot um, tell you what's on there. I, I did not put that in my search bar. I feel like if all. I put it in the search bar, that something's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'll get on some list I didn't want, somewhere. I didn't want anything to do with it. But Somehow yeah, Anderson so. will mm-hmm. find how to get all. I don't know. The next thing you know, you'll get a package and it'll have Sicko Sam's photo <laughs> with the three letters. <laughs> so, anyways, that is my story of Holy the and shit. how crazy um, the whole thing was. Like, how the police interacted with it and how Richard got away with it and just like how the police didn't Everything. interact with him and how <laughs> they're like, yeah, you look good. You look legit. Yeah, well, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're good. You're, yeah, this, you're this covered in like, fine. I see, what? I see brains, but you know, you know, the pasta. What is that? What ebbs? It's a normal Tuesday. Um, so yeah. It's a normal so if you Tuesday. Would, if you, uh, uh, you want me to read the question of the week's answers or do you want to read them? Um, or? Yeah, I'll read them. I, I, you know, the, the part about this whole story that gets me is it, uh, I really hated the ending. I'm going to tell you that much. I really hated the fact that this kid got like to keep pictures of his victims of the of the mm-hmm. crime scene no less right mm-hmm. for right. three letters that no one gives a shit about like who's going to read those letters except for the people who bought it at murdertopia wait what is it well Murder i don't Pia? think anyone's bought okay. them yet they're just listed on there i don't think anyone's actually bought them yeah because those motherfuckers <laughs> i don't know i this 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 story just was so frustrating from the um the the policing perspective, but also like, oh my, I don't know. There was so much about it. It was very, okay. Here we go. If they made a movie of your life, what type of movie would it be? And which actor or act? Well, we just say actor now, which actor would you want to play? We don't say actress anymore. Okay. I'm sorry. Leanne says, you know, people got real quick. They're, the people knew that mm-hmm. the... Like, they, instantly there was like I had, I had no answer, and every everyone else was really quick to the quick to the punch. So Leanne says, a comedy of errors and Sandra Bullock. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Stevie says, my movie would be a rom-com, and I would be played by Kristen Bell. I like it. And my husband would be played by Kevin James. <laughs> He's funny. Wow. Sarah Ferguson. So I've totally thought of this before. Drew Barrymore would play me for sure. But can't you see that? I could totally, I could see, totally that. see that. Yes, yes, yes. And it would definitely be comedy with plenty of drama mixed in. A dramedy. Okay, RC, <laughs> mob style, shoot him up. With comic mm-hmm. relief and Cillian Murphy playing my part. I love that. Um, Anna, a dramedy, hey, starring Winona Ryder. I like it. Mm-hmm. Me too. Jesse, tragic comedy. Lots of ridiculous moments mixed with lots of heartbreak and bad news. Oh, Tina Fey, absolutely. And Steve Carell from Date Night would be my husband and I. I love that. Aww. Susan, Susan said Ashley Helms would play me. We look a lot a little alike. <laughs> and then she says That's my nobody mother liked my answer. Oh my god, I had to message her and apologize that I didn't immediately respond to her. And you then she accused me of enough. snapping. She then she accused me of snapping at her. Okay. So dramatic that one. Nosferatu? That's the name sure. of the vampire, isn't it? 
I don't, Paul Giamatti. Okay, and then I, <laughs> and then I have to think about the type. Paul Giamatti could play so much because he was the Rhino in Spider Man. He was in uh, 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 he was he was what's his name at John Adams in John mm-hmm. Adams. I mean, you know, so the range on Paul Giamatti is so good. He's an amazing actor. So Nasfra. Two, I don't know. I'm so pronouncing that the, yeah. is, the is the vampire. Pyre. So he is instead of you, he's me. That's funny. Like, Nosferatu. That's he's funny. Clever dude. Clever. I like it. All right. So Stephanie. I don't says, know if that's what you were trying to do, but that's clever. <laughs> so Stephanie says definitely a smart ass comedy. Absolutely, with not so serious conflict. Reese Witherspoon plays me. That's perfect. Um, Ashley, ideally Jennifer Aniston in a true crime drama. Realistically, Amy Schumer in a dark comedy. <laughs> I like it, Amy Schumer better. All right, uh, Michelle says. Oh, Michelle says Melissa McCarthy. Ha ha ha! Murder comedy. <laughs> like, what? What? Like Clue? Like what is that? All right. Um, Kathy, Sally Fields would play me in a really fun rom-com with a twist of mystery. Burt Reynolds would play my husband. I guess I'm showing my age. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And Joshua says, it would be like a normal Robin Williams movie where there's a lot of humor but has a serious tone. The actor playing me would be Josh Gad because I like warm hugs and was outshined by my friends growing up. And my girlfriend would be America Ferreira. That was the other option um, that I had for yeah. who could play me. <laughs> She's really funny in Superstore. I love it. That's really funny. Josh Josh Gad is uh, fantastic. He is fantastic. As a kid, we we watched him read uh, children's books at the beginning of the. Uh, Mm -hmm. lockdown he was reading children's books which is great because the kids were really into it Mm -hmm. because that was Olaf and you know that's yeah what a what a funny person he is I tried to look up dark vomit even though I just said I wasn't going to but I just got a bunch of wikipedia stuff so um did you click on dark vomit I tried to find dark vomit murder serial killer I couldn't find anything so I looked up serial killers inc uh, for any of you who are curious, you can buy a list of serial killer addresses for $12 a year and get an instant download, a PDF file. Mm-hmm. Over 600 always current up-to-date mailing addresses of uh, serial killers around the world. So there you go. So I have a story to tell you. Okay. Um, my, one of my husband's best friends of the same name. Jason, <laughs> he writes serial killers. Oh, nice. That's a normal thing to do. That's normal. So, he, like, he has a, um, a Charles Manson. He has the Tiger King. Oh, awesome. He, like, um, so when, I, when he got the letter back from Tiger King, he, yeah. Jason comes running down the stairs like, oh, my God, you're never going to believe this. Jason got, re- got a reply from the Tiger mm-hmm. King. And I'm like, what is happening right now? And he's like, oh, this has been a hobby of his because he, I don't know why, but he just writes them all. And I think that I need to bring him on the show one day. Yes. He is a trip. He is a trip. It would I would be, love for him to come on and read some of the letters. That would be great. And I think since you said that, I think that I'm... <laughs> yeah. I don't mean to alarm you, but I'm looking at artwork by the serial killers and it looks a whole lot like Anderson's drawings. Hold on. Let me... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's a five-year-old. Can that's I share my That's pretty good though, right? Yeah. You know exactly who that is, right? Yes. From Freddie. Okay, yeah, share your screen. You see see these? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I Uh, will post a link to all of those guys, but, you know, the snowman kind of... Anderson's way better. I'm just saying. He hasn't killed anybody. Oh, my God, Dean Coral is on there. Dean Coral, our old buddy, old pal. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of Mm -hmm. people we haven't done yet. (sighs) 
Keep that up. So guys, um, if you're still listening to our jibber jabber, <laughs> we are looking at serial killers eating and I've gotten way off track. All right. Anyway, they, thank you for being with us this I week. Talking, we no, we just need to get off of, <laughs> we need a, a show. Um, we are taking the next two weeks off. Ashley yes. is going on vacation. Um, and everyone needs a nice little break. But uh, mm-hmm. we'll be back with uh, all the goodness you are used to. In the meantime, go back and start from season one. There are commercials. Yes. We apologize if you have not listened to uh, listen to our first season. Um, you know, we'll, we're always trying to get better. So, But if you have ideas for stories or how we could improve, please mm-hmm. let us know. Email us. Or question of the week. Or if you just want to chit-chat with us, send us pictures, whatever. Yeah. We're so, here on all um, the things. In the meantime, take care of yourself. Be kind to one another. Wear a mask. You know, six feet apart, the whole thing. And we will see you in two weeks. Right? Two weeks, right? Okay. Yes, two weeks. I'll be back. I'll be here. All right. So uh, we'll see you then. And we're on all the things. So find us, rate us, review us. Yes, all the things. All right. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye.